the reason I do these podcasts, even though I feel that right now, since I'm so low on the scale, that my I don't really have an audience, and you know, nothing's ever really consistent with me. I do it because I have hope in my heart that one day my words will change will change the mindset of the man who will change the world or the woman it it will be my words that inspire the person that will change the world and I keep saying to myself why can't I be the person to change the world and I and I know within my heart that I want to be but I also know that I can't lead I can't be the one to change it, to do the finishing touches. I might be the person to start it. I might be the person to get the balls running. I might be the person to coach the person to do it. But if I do it, I'll do it in a broken way. I'm broken. That's the honest truth. I am a broken person. And it's not because I chose to be broken, but because others have changed me and deformed me from my normal state, from my natural state. Now, it's it's like I could be the best in my situation, but I will never truly be the best if I was in a situation with that I would normally be exposed to in equal playing fields. Uh, think of it like this. Let's say that you take a plant that is normally from, let's just say Africa, let's just use that. And then you try to raise it in American soil. I'm saying that the American soil can't make the flower bloom. But if it's a natural flower from Africa, naturally it wants the soil from, from Africa, the sunlight, the climate. You know, genetically it just it thrives better in that climate. And, you know, like how, let's say it was raised in the the Midwest. And the climates are typically colder. You know, you don't get as much sun. Now, I'm not saying that the plant won't grow, but the plant can't grow like it's supposed to be. And that's an issue. You know, we compare everything to to the same standard when it's convenient. We compare it to this standard and that standard when it's convenient, but when ever someone tries to throw in the absolute variables that should be put in it then wants to start a ruckus and start a fight like people want to ignore those variables and small variables count everything matters everything in this world matters because the smallest thing can change a huge portion of life you know, like thinking about the story of Isaac Newton, the apple falling on his head. Now, let's say that he, let's, let's even forget that, like, if, if it happened, if it didn't happen, let's just say he, no one ever told that story. You know how much uh, artwork is inspired by that motion, how much, you know, jokes and, and everything, things that inspired people, things that, uh, said, you know what, that joke right there makes me want to be a funnier person, or that, 
joke right there made me laugh to tears, <laughs> like into tears, and I was feeling down, but I'm feeling better. Uh, like that helped them, you know, not get super depressed or get out of the depression, or help them cope with with themselves. It's yeah, it, it seems way like a long shot, but that's an honest truth. That small moment made a big impact. You just don't realize it. you don't see it you can't because you can't track it if you can't track it then it doesn't exist it's like saying um just because it's out of uh eye view it no longer exists now i i want to inspire the person to change the world Because I know that person I can make or I can tell that, hey, I'm broken because of this, 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 and this. But you don't have to be broken like this. You don't have to listen to these people like this. They'll tell you things like this, and it's not always the case. And I'm more articulate than my ancestors and my grandfathers and my mother and my, uh, the people who raised me. Like those teachers, they will tell you some things that aren't necessarily true. So do get educated, but get educated a full education. These are things that I read to help me. These are things that are lost to me. These are things that I always have questions and I can't figure out. So maybe you can figure it out. Maybe you can piece it together. You got to tell them your experiences and how it made you feel and everything so they got the full range of knowledge I, t I tell them the stories of the good and the bad I tell in these podcasts the good and the bad and mostly the bad but to inform people that hey you know it, it's not so good even from the side of the, the high and mighty even in a like I know people see me and say his life is good so why is he thinking like this because it happens like this and it's the small things and it's these things and these keep happening you know I'm trying to explain step by step I'm not a great storyteller by any means but it's just like listen just please give me a chance let me talk to you listen to me it doesn't have to be this way I know that I'm I I carry no credit and no merits. I know that my age and with my experience and with my, I, I, I am literally probably the most average person on this planet Earth. Sometimes I feel like that. It's just, I'm either the most boring, I'm the most sheltered, I'm the most tormented. <laughs> I don't know what I am. I don't, I can't even claim anything. Anything I just said, it just seems like it's only in my mind because I, I have experienced my life in, in so many contradictions because I always because I used to be so outgoing and, and always you know interacting with people and then bad experience and issues and problems they made me say okay then I'll stay sheltered and I'll stay inside the house but it did, but overall, even when I stayed inside the house, I realized that that wasn't my nature. I thought I was just the, when I was a kid, I thought I was the loud kid. And then I realized people kept telling me, you were so quiet. 
in my mind, I was always talking. I was always being annoying. I was always joking. But apparently, I was a quiet kid. In in high school, I was always the I always thought I was so puny and weak and, and this. But I was out here lifting, you know, twice my body weight in the gym. I just looked very skinny. And in in high school, you know, like. I never got a haircut, never changed my style, never wore good clothes. I always wore Walmart clothes, and that's probably why I was so, you know, miserable, because it wasn't that I, that people didn't take to me or try to, to you know, um, interact with me, but because I thought so low of myself, I was my own bully. If I just cut my hair and I... I just decided to to wear outfits that weren't Walmart brand. Actually, just buy some some regular shoes and stuff like that. Like still be generic, but not generic in the lowest income. I could have probably got a girlfriend that I I liked. I worked out. Yeah, I wasn't always the best in schoolwork, but you know I wasn't dumb. I was my own poly, as well as the system that I was in. I was able to swim in the system, but I realized that swimming in the system, is, it wasn't worth it. It was polluted. It sucked. I got out, and I fell back in. I experienced the same thing over and over again. I experienced the same thing over and over again. I can't escape it. I tried to escape it. I tried to escape many times my mother falls into the same situations my sisters falls into uh, into the same situation and i fall into the same situation because i refuse to truly give it my all i refuse to say the truth i refuse to acknowledge it because it's so hard and it's so scary you can't resolve the situation by waiting it out you can't resolve situations like this by letting someone else handle it. I guess you can. You know what? No, I take that back. You can wait until someone else resolves it. It might not be in your lifetime that they resolve it, but they they still will probably resolve it. And when they resolve it, they can only resolve it the best way they can. So something that if you did and you started it, could have probably saved a hundred more people's lives, a thousand more people's lives, a hundred thousand more people's lives, but, you know, someone else handled it, and they fixed it, right? The way that they seemed like it was fair and fine to fix. When you let problems linger, it becomes blurrier and blurrier and more difficult to figure out. The reason I'm doing this right now is so I can trace the problems, so I can say, I can claim who the enemies are, who the people who wanted to sit on the sidelines, who who wants to, uh, you know, what are goals, what are defined goals and dreams and aspirations. I want to know that. I want to know, at least I want to set it up. I want to be the prep guy. You know, I don't care to have my name in history. 
because at the end of the day, I don't care. I can't, I can't find out any of my ancestors, any of my relatives in history. I can't, I don't even know their history. I don't know their names, nor do I, do I feel compelled to know their names. I don't want to go and 23 and me and try to figure out their history and their background and all this and it's not because uh, I, I want to be disrespectful it's not because like I'm not curious but because it feels that what is that going to do what is that going to change they took everything from them so they, they basically have nothing there's nothing to share except for knowing their name. So I'm, I'll know their name and I'll know their story when I'm dead. I can talk to them myself. Because I, I can't sit here and not do anything. I can't sit here and lie to myself that things are okay and things will get better. Things will only get better as long as you try to make them better. I feel like there's no such thing as a miracle. Kinda, I halfway I believe it, halfway I don't. Sometimes I believe my life is a curse, but I think the curse is myself because I keep telling myself, no, things will work out, things will get better, things will be fine, and then I sit there and I'm like, this is wrong, the way that we're treating this is wrong, the things that we're doing are wrong. And it's a conflict because imagine telling yourself everything you know is is a lie or wrong or, or just slightly off. It's, it's like if you know that uh, everyone's head are naturally cocked a little to the right. Just like an uh, abnormal amount to the right and you're just like why is everyone's head cocked like that like why is everyone's head naturally resting like that you'll be like it's, it's supposed to be straightforward it's that always that slight uncomfortability that knowledge that you know it's like you, you think within yourself you're being you start to question your own humanity because you're just watching everyone and looking around and you're just like this looks so off like that little buzz in your head that annoys you it just it drives you to madness and people say it's just a small buzz or it's not that bad or yeah, you're just you're, you're overthinking it it's too complicated but it keeps buzzing in your ear it just it's small and slight and seems insignificant and sometimes you forget about it but it's still always there it always lingers it's where you sleep. It's when you eat. You always have to distract yourself just so you don't notice it. And sometimes when you distract yourself, you're doing it because you notice it. And because you do that, because you notice it, you, you, you just go crazy. You still hear it. It still gnaws at you. So I'm doing this to explain where I'm at what it is I'm, I'm trying to explain the bad the good to inspire to 
not just bring awareness because awareness is good but without action it equals to nothing awareness of, of something is only one step it's like fundraisers and campaigns and all that it's all good to bring awareness but once you're aware it becomes a hindrance it becomes a nuisance like you see those campaign ads every 24 seconds and you know it's kind of like a brainwashing tactic you see that name so often that you, you just eventually you just pick it basically you can't escape it you uh you eventually succumb to it but if you see you see it once and you already were gonna pick it like it's like okay yeah I already I already bought the the thing I already have the product I'm not gonna keep buying the product you know you're just now irritated at it now you start to despise the product because it's just it's still trying to force you to buy the product you already bought it just more and more and more and more it's like how much do you want to take from me now you're aggravated about the product it's just it's just realizing that explaining that I want people to know I want to do something about it though to be honest with you it's everything is a step by step touch and go some days I'm good some days I'm bad naturally it's you know you I question my own humanity one second and then I I'm solidified the next you know I, I think about my weird traits and sorry my weird traits and uh, quirks and then thinking about like how the reality just thinking about am, am, am I even here you know thinking about my own existence and then thinking about why am I even thinking about my own existence I feel that uh, you know like I'm running out of time and literally nothing sometimes I find myself so wound up that it actually relaxes me when I think about it all You know, uh, I feel so well off, but because I don't do anything, I am well off. Literally, I can live my life doing nothing, having no problems with anyone, and be well off. But then that shows I'm not living life. As a person who was a shut-in, who did nothing, who's had nothing, who's said nothing, who fears every action that is out of the norm even my own sexuality and genitalia I'm scared that you know like like when flirting with a with a with a woman you know showing your genitalia off you know just yeah showing your your nudes off you know that's that's scary it's a scary thought something that's commonplace and in society and life, I guess, you know that you barely—I've barely seen my own genitalia. So the 
thought of doing that seems weird. I've never had a problem with my genitalia. I never, you know, like I'm pretty well endowed. But it's just like society. Because when I look at it, it's just my naked body. When someone else looks at it, it's a, you know, it's a threat. It's a, it's a way, a ticket to blackmail. It's a way to make money. It's, it's a way to profit. It's something to laugh at. It's something to joke about. Something to twist and distort to the ugly, like the ugliest dial. You know, how people twist it, it's actually kind of inspiring as well as crazy because how someone can twist something natural and make it so bad is actually, it's funny as well as just sad. You know, like like how SpongeBob turned that piece of paper and made it whatever he wanted in the most positive way. His imagination showed everything. But then you see that and you turn that into the other way, the, the opposite direction, how they turned something so innocent and flipped on its head and made it so negative, so destroying. To be honest, it's, it's, I think of like, I think of everything kind of like, it could be turned into the most positive thing. And flipped into its most negative. A slingshot. Something, a slingshot, I've made a slingshot before, a bow and arrow. I just like, I like seeing something go a far distance. It's just a primal instinct. Like a rock, I'd like to see a rock shoot all the way across the river or halfway into the river from a slingshot. It's just that. But they've turned a slingshot into a weapon. Killed people with it, destroyed with it, injured intensely. It's just whoever wields it. Power corrupts, power does corrupt. It's because, um, you know, it's, it's not like a, a birthright. It's not like one person is indefinitely better. But it's, a, it's not just a genetic thing. I say with kings, a king in Africa was different from a king in Europe. A king in Europe ruled, you know, as a birthright. It, it, was, it was his divine action. He made it. They, told, they talk like they... They deserved it, they were born with it, and only them, and they deserved the best. And, you know, like, they ate, quote-unquote, like kings, so they eat the best food, ate unhealthy, they, they stuffed their faces, they partied, and you just notice that, and you're just like, what made them so, why do we romanticize them? Why do we make them sound like so great and benevolent when all they did was go to war? imposed taxes and party they they had lavagant um you know sexual parties orgies lavish lifestyles we, we, we noticed that the bad you know like we noticed the good like I, i'll listen to them in some of their their 
strategies and how they they did their wars and, and some of their political uh, stances and you know I've been impressed but I would I couldn't turn away from the obvious glaring, glaring gaping wounds in there in this like statue of pride that they they boasted it's like look at that as now if you look at their African counterparts an African king was basically the the general he was just you know the person who commanded the small or, or slightly larger groups but um, essentially he he only held the power really in title everyone favored him everyone you know liked him in the village you know he, he treated them as well as they treated him just like a human a little bit more like just like the popular guy basically he would still fight the same wars he would still be in the ranks he wouldn't be behind something he, he would be spearheading it leading it at least like in in the tribes that I've watched that I in the kingdoms that I've looked at the Zulu being one of the ones that I really noticed and their fights weren't aggressive they weren't they were just like how I, I would want it's just like a sport like a team now it meant something it was like territory but they didn't start killing people until the Zulu but before that they were just fighting people off and just beating them probably badly and then they would come back and do it again that was the level of their wars and that's kind of what I I you know thought I don't have to kill my enemy I don't want them to die I just want their stuff and just like hey I beat you so now I get to take this like a game like how lions will attack each other for mates or for territory if you find zebra carcasses they it fight and sometimes you know the fight would turn deadly it's not like it's, it's without like it's bloodshed it's not like everything was super peaceful but it was all for the, the sake of survival it was understanding each other you know feeling the vibe feeling how serious this was a level of communication that we were like the lions if the if the need was fierce enough it would get that way but if it wasn't it wouldn't go past that African kings are similar to how Native Americans were their tribal leader their chief I, like at least from I feel this is my own personal interpretation um, they would be very you know like they they lived in the same place there was no advancement like major advancement he was right there he was amongst the people so nothing he did could be hidden away it was small enough to where it was just you know like it was large and small enough to where it's like things could not be hidden like that 
you know, you saw the leadership for what it was, and you still understood it and respected but you can call people out. It wasn't like it, there was still there was still like that that uh, structure of of kingdoms, you know, like brothers and, and first had the line and, and bloodline and things like that. So I'm not saying it was like completely different, but I feel like how it was treated. It felt like kings put themselves right next to God, if not on the same level as God. Untouchable. Unquestionable. But I feel like African leaders, African kings, because they were so close to the people, the people could always turn on them. And that was always a real fear. It wasn't like like, hey, we gotta stop an uprising and secret police like that because you were so close, uh, especially like the old, older. You couldn't do those things. You couldn't get away with those things because you had to follow the rules because everyone was right there. Everyone had their eyes on you. Now, I know with the advancement of everything, things change and, and situations aren't always that easy and some, you know, mirror other sub, uh, civilizations and how they treated things is if you notice we all no matter what like no matter what kingdom it seemed like it had the same general uh, general structure a person on top a f like a few on the bottom it was always a pyramid like the Incas like the the Egyptians it was always a pyramid now um I don't know if that was just raw influence or if it's just a natural mindset, but you know we all kind of think like that. They usually there's typically one person at the top who decides that, then the, the people that ate him, then more people that ate them, and then more people that ate them, and then the general the general populace. We all kind of think like that, no matter what. You can even see it in kids. That structure. But it's not to talk about, you know, that and structures and what connects us all. It's just something I I've noticed though. That African kings let themselves, you know, be with the people. It was it wasn't as grandiose as the European kings. And that was a good thing. It made them close. I say being a leader, it means that you were raised with your people. And you were the best out of your people. Not something that is just divinely given. Now, I say, when you have a dynasty and you have, you know, children you, of course when you're a leader you're ra you're raising your kids around leaders around this lifestyle of course they're going to be more in tune of doing that because they themselves want to be like their father and if their father is the leader then they would too want to be the leader and because they have more access and they, they probably would have more people egging them if he is a good leader people will want his son continue the leadership as long as he is taught right 
but no matter what there's always going to be something different because there's always going to be something different it always changes the leadership even slightly even over time no matter what if we're all in a circle no matter what there's always going to be someone who is the greatest leader of that said group and the worst leader of that group it doesn't mean that that person was necessarily bad or even could have been morally on the same par as the best leader it's just the situation didn't call for them to be like that it's situational it's it's opportunities it's the matching of energies because sometimes you would think oh you always want a leader who's always striving for peace not necessarily sometimes you want a leader who who's excellent at war you sometimes you want a leader who loves to party sometimes you want a leader who ba who's barely even there some leaders got to know when to let people self-govern some leaders got to know when to take charge some leaders got to know when to to stir up you know the people and some people and some leaders gonna know when to calm them down it's it's a science it's something that you know I don't believe is completely genetic I don't believe is completely you know like like all oh, it's chosen it's, it's spoken upon I believe that it, it comes with um, compassion time in brewing it, it comes with the, like personal natures can help that because someone who is more willing to learn and accept things would probably be a better leader than someone who is always who's you know um, hard-headed and unwilling to compromise and listen or you know sometimes it depends on the timing because that person might you know that hard-headed person might become the leader because people are like ah oh, we want someone hard-headed because we're tired like he thinks how we think right now and we don't want anyone to change his mind so you're going to stay just like that and you're going to do just like that you sometimes you just need someone stubborn sometimes you just need someone light but that's the beauty of of like leadership and the world that sometimes it doesn't it does take someone that you don't really expect or take someone that's not like you to lead and you know you don't necessarily have to like the person but as long as they get the results that are needed it should be fine but you also got to remember the consequences is not just the results because no one can get you results but if the consequences are worse than the results it equals to nothing compassion doesn't always equal the right thing that's that's what i've learned in, in leadership that's what i am struggling because i have been so compassionate my whole life and so willing to let things slide or willing to work things out with with my enemies that you know there's no show of power you got to remember as well as the intelligence and the peacefulness and the advancement you got to remember that you are still a leader and you still got to show that you have teeth and fangs because no one is going to look at you with uh with loving eyes when they're hungry no one's going to be showering you with praises 
when they have no food in their stomach. Now their natural predatory scent will come. And anyone who could see the, the ability to take that throne will rile them up, will hype them up, will cause insurrection. So you have to remain vigilant. You gotta remain maintaining a level of peak fitness or maintaining a level of fitness any, anyway, as well as a level of intelligence, sharpening yourself, making sure you're able to, you're keeping up with the times, the wave, the energy, the feel. And that for me is, you know, what I'm trying to do. What I am trying to do is trying to understand not, the, not only the past and the history, but the present. If I become a leader, I would probably be, be a leader for a short time. Because sometimes a leader just needs to, hey man, I did my job, time to leave. You guys can handle it on your own. And some leaders, they gotta, they gotta stick it for the long run. And you gotta say, if you can't maintain a certain level, you gotta be willing to step down or let other people lead or try to figure this out. A leader gotta remember people are people too. It, you can't be, I call it superhero syndrome. Because instead of letting people work it out themselves or try to maintain it and try to, you know, come to a, a level of, of, of understanding themselves, you would rather just save them and make them weak. You'd rather just keep saving them, keep digging them out, and keep exhausting yourself. When easy solutions they could do themselves. Don't be the, the Superman in a world with a Joker. Let the people kill the Joker. If the people come to that con conclusion, let the people come to the conclusion. Why does I know Superman is, is not the Joker's villain but I'm saying Superman could easily just go over there kill the Joker and then fly back and nothing would you know like you just throw him into the sun so you know it doesn't have to do with with any plans or schemes or slight poisons all he has to do is just wear a full you know has hazard suit throw him into the sun and nothing would happen you know like oh the uh, the gangs in uh, Gotham would, would uprise and uproar and all you gotta do is throw all the known villains like alright okay and then leave let, let the government or let the people figure out who they want to lead I don't know who but it's, it's better than sometimes it's better to just let a, a uh, civilization fall and crush and crumble than to just keep up the, the rod of it's working because it's not if your whole city is filled with villains that break out of jail every month after they just, you know, poisoned, killed, robbed, I don't know, sometimes even sexually harassed and raped, you know what, that city just needs to burn. I, you just need to leave. It doesn't sound like a safe city. It doesn't sound like there's anything you can really take that is good. If you got a literal place, a street that's called Crime Alley, man, when, when your when your millionaires get or your billionaires get gunned down after you know watching a movie, 
yeah, you know what, this place ain't, <laughs> can't even protect the, the billionaires, the billionaires, okay, uh, yeah, it's time to leave, but the rich people dying and everybody dying, that's the slums, you just ain't though, that's just my thoughts, that's just me explaining why I'm here, what I'm trying to do. And with that, I'm going to stop babbling.